views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. And today we are talking, as always, about a topic that I feel can be challenging, but also incredibly helpful and empowering once we are understanding how to use a very special power in our lives. Now, have you ever had that feeling that you had an inner voice or maybe it was your gut speaking to you that at an intersection you should slow down? All of a sudden you feel that and you slow down and lo and behold, there was someone running the red light and you avoided an accident. Or maybe there is that sense that you should check in with somebody and you call that person and turns out that person is in trouble and needs help. And you were the godsend to have supported that person in need. A client of mine told me the story of having hiked in the mountains in a winter day and uh, was a place that he usually likes to go at that time of the year. And all of a sudden, he had that feeling that he should step away from that wall, that mountain wall that he likes to just hike around. And as he did, 30 seconds later, the ice wall came down, which would have completely buried and killed him. Another client told me the story of a neighbor calling her up out of the blue and say, you know, I know that you are a flight attendant and you told me that you have to fly to Europe uh, tomorrow, but um, I would like you to reconsider and not take that flight. Well, it turns out that she listened because she is someone who felt like when this person out of the blue, who is a very rational person, tells me something with so much you know, emphasis, I better listen. And the plane crashed. So she was saved through that person's, let's call it, intuition. Now, there are countless stories, and you may have had these stories too. And and wouldn't it be wonderful if we actually could tap into this intuition more regularly? If we would be able to understand the difference between what is worry and what is intuition? What is a little voice says, oh, this could go wrong, or maybe this is not okay? And what is that voice of truth that just tells you without really a strong emotional attachment that there is something to pay attention to? Well, all of those questions, my special guest 
has asked based on his own experience, because as he will tell us, uh, there was a time when his intuition spoke to him and his intuition saved his life. After that, he went out and explored more. What is that, as he calls it, personal guidance system, PGS? What is that intuition? And he did a movie, a movie of countless encounters and interviews of people that have been exploring that deeper sense, that sixth sense inside of us. And he will tell us about his experiences, what he learned from it, the movie, and all those wonderful things. So thank you very much, Bill, for being on the show today. Thank you, Friedman. It's wonderful to be here. Well, I want to thank you, especially because you just came from the Cannes Film Festival and you flew overnight to Sydney, had barely any sleep, and you're still sitting here and willing to talk to us. So either you are on caffeine or you're really excited about the topic, and maybe both. <laughs> well, look, if I nod off, just, you know, just yell a little bit louder and I'll, <laughs> I'll wake up. <laughs> I'll wake you up. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Well, tell us, I mean, first of all, I, I think we had a little similar path in regards to you also starting out in medicine. You wanted to become a doctor, you went to medical school, and then you did a U-turn and became a filmmaker. So how did that happen? Well, now that I look back on it, in fact, it was, I believe, an intuitive intervention. Um, I went into medicine because both my parents were dentists. And in fact, my sister had gone into the medical science and my, bro my brother had become a vet and was kind of required of me to go this way. It wasn't my natural leaning, but I felt, um, I felt that I should. Um, but I, I have to say I bailed out of it because now, now when I see it, My intuition told me this was not right for me. And, and how that happened was that I had an exam to sit for. Um, and I needed to pass this exam to pass the year to go further into my medical studies. And I had, on that particular day, I had been surfing. And I just bought a new surfboard and the surf was perfect. And Friedman, it was a biochemistry exam. Uh, probably <laughs> you might remember just how horrible biochemistry is. I, I got out of the surf. I had to be at this exam by two o'clock. It was 12 o'clock midday. Um, I got to my car. I put the board on the board rack. I looked at my biochemistry textbook in the back seat of the car, and I just went, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going back surfing. <laughs> I, I, I blew off a career in medicine on that one intuitive moment. Um, I mean, when I, at the time I thought, Bill, this is really irresponsible. You know, you, you cannot do this. You cannot do this to your parents. You can't do this to yourself. You can't do it really because of all the study that you've done, you know, so far to get this far. But my intuition said this wasn't right for me. I took the one look at that, um, at that textbook and that changed my life. Wow, and did you know what to do instead besides surfing? <laughs> well, I had always loved writing and I had always loved photography. At that point, I had no idea that I was going to be a filmmaker, but all I wanted to do was write. So I switched my uh, university course across 
to uh, at that point an arts law course, which gave me one unit of journalism, and that then led to my being hired by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation to be trained up as a journalist. Ended up spending 12 years as a journalist with the ABC. Mm. I'm sure your parents weren't thrilled at the beginning and uh, <laughs> certainly didn't want to hear anything about intuition. Well, <laughs> uh, they, did, they, didn't, they didn't want to hear anything about my surfing either. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you didn't at that time know that this was an intuitive hit, but no. later on you became actually very curious about that inner voice. Now, there was an event, apparently, that changed your life. Tell us about that. Well, cut to, crikey, let me think, almost 20 years later, I was, at this point now, I was an established filmmaker. I was making a movie in New Orleans at the time. Uh, I was producing and directing quite a large-budget thriller. And What on... I'm sorry, the, the film was called Tempted. What was it called? The film was, the film was called Tempted. It starred um, Burt Reynolds. Mm. And I was, um, I had to go to the airport, um, get, catch the first flight back to Los Angeles from New Orleans Airport. Mm -hmm. I, was, uh, I was driving, it was early, very early in the morning before dawn. It was dark. There was no, no cars on the road. Mm -hmm. I was approaching mm -hmm. an intersection. I had a green light up ahead. I was actually running a little bit late for my flight. And I went to accelerate to get through on the green line. And I, this voice kicked in and said, slow down. And I thought, that's weird. I, you know, I was, just, was still, I thought maybe I'm half awake, you know, half asleep. I didn't know what it was. Um, I ignored it. And I went to accelerate again to make sure that I got through on the screen light. The voice was more emphatic the second time. It said, slow down. And so I did slow down. And then as I entered the intersection, out of nowhere, a truck, a huge truck, ran a red light on my right-hand side on the cross street, barreled through the intersection. I then slammed on my brakes and narrowly avoided being hit by the truck. But had I not slowed down beforehand, had that voice not, interceded as it did, had I not listened to that voice and acted on it, that truck would have hit me, it would have killed me. Wow, wow. So in that moment, what did you feel? What did you think besides shaking legs probably and uh, being a little breathless? Did you immediately make that connection to that voice? No, I didn't. I, I was very confused. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was shaken up. I couldn't. I could barely drive. You know, you're absolutely right. I was. I was shaking. The adrenaline kicked in, and so forth. Um, but I was very, very confused. And that confusion, then, I guess, kind of over the next few days and weeks, and the period after, kind of segued into curiosity. I, I really had. I really had three questions that I wanted answered. I wanted to know what that voice was. Where did it come from and why, why did that voice save my life? Mm. And uh, those three questions really began to consume me then over the, over the following years. None, none of this happened fast. I mean, that incident with the truck happened 19 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and then to be quite frank, I forgot, I forgot about it for quite some time. I had the movie to get on with. My father died. You know, basically life sort of went on. But every now and again... 
my thoughts would go back to that moment when that truck nearly hit me and it, uh, I would recall that voice. And I became more and more curious. And so I began to read up about intuition. Now, you know, because I'd come from the background that I had, studying medicine, you know, my parents being dentists and so forth, I came at it from a very sort of evidence-based point of view, quite a sceptical point of view, if you like. Um, you know, I'd, I'd been brought up in this household where science was king. Um, and anything that smacked of spirituality or metaphysical or anything like that was scoffed at. Um, you know, so, so I just began to read widely and it took me, I've got to say it took me a good five or six years after that incident with the truck for me to come to the conclusion that perhaps the best way for me to explore this was through a film. Hmm. Wow. Now, looking back, do you feel that this was also an intuition that told you to look for the answers of what intuition is all about? That's a really good question. Um, now, knowing what I know, I believe that that near accident, that near death experience really happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, very, very much so. That that it was probably part of my destiny blueprint, what I call my destiny blueprint, um, for me during this this incarnation, this current life that I'm leading, for me to make this film. Yeah, I, I believe that. I'm sure, and we will talk more about the film. But it's quite different than the film with Burt Reynolds. And you probably shifted a little bit also your focus in regards to what you want to accomplish as a filmmaker. But is there any other event that you now, that you know your intuition better, that you look back on and say, yeah, there is another time when my intuition was talking to me? Well, look, perhaps the, um, the best example of that is the incident that actually triggered me to finally make the film. Mm. Um, what happened was this. I, after deciding to make the film, I spent about 10 years then actually trying to make it, trying to raise the money, trying to get financiers and distributors and, and those people that I needed, you know, to commit to the film to, to get it made. I, I had no luck, Friedman. I, I was... I've been successful in getting films up in the past. I mean, by that stage, I'd done, what, 15 movies mm. as a producer and director. So I, I knew how to put a film together. I knew who to go to, and, and I had credibility, and I had runs on the board and so forth. But no one wanted to touch this film. You know, the financiers would say, look, yeah, we think it's a great idea, and there's probably a market for it, but, um, but it was just too left field, or there weren't um, sufficient precedence in this area for them to be able to commit to it mm -hmm. and I was really struggling and I got to the point after about 10 years of trying to raise money for the film and trying to get it going in the traditional way that I'd done in the past using logic and intellect and rational thinking and, mm -hmm. and will force uh, because really films get made by will force right I was at that point really giving up And I remember going to bed one night thinking, I've really got to make a decision in the morning as to whether or not I walk away from this movie 
you know, or or try something really quite different because nothing I was doing was working. That night I had a very prophetic dream. The dream was very clear in its direction. Essentially what the dream told me was that I had to make the film. I had to make it immediately. I had to do it with very limited resources. I had to jury rig it, if you like, and, you know, just cobble together whatever resources I could muster. But I had to make it, and I had to make it fast. When I woke up out of that dream, you know, kind of like a, like a cliche, you know, kind of like springing up right with my eyes open like this and going, bang, I get it. You know, like, like you, it could not be more clear. And at that moment, I looked across at my bedside clock, and it was 4.44 in the morning. And I thought, well, that's weird. Um, at that point, I didn't know what any of this stuff meant. But I had my iPad by my bedside, and I Googled, what does 444 mean? Well, up came entry after entry after entry, and each entry essentially said the same thing. And I'm paraphrasing now, but essentially what it said was this, that 444 was a powerful, angelic number telling me that at that moment I was surrounded by my angels, my archangels and my spirit guides. They were um, uh, endorsing all the efforts that I've made today, but they wanted to let me know that if I trusted my inner guidance and my intuition, the words that I read, that they would protect me and they would guide me and my endeavours would lead to great success. So if you can imagine, I've just woken up out of this dream where I've got this very, very clear, clear direction on what I should do. Now I'm reading this on Google, you know, saying that angels are around me at that moment and they're saying, go for it, we'll protect you. And, wow. And I had to make a decision for you. I had to make a decision at that point as to whether or not I believed this or whether I just put it down to some kind of wacky, weird, sort of strange thing that happened in the middle of the night, and I wake up in the next, you know, the next morning and then get on with my life. I had to make that decision. Hmm. And, you know, and you've got to understand, right at that point, I was not an angel guy. You know, I, I, I was this person who had been trained as a journalist, who had had this, you know, scientific upbringing. Hmm. I, I didn't believe in angels. I didn't believe in any of this stuff. But... It was just too compelling and too powerful. The dream was too clear. You know, coming up, waking up at 4.44, reading that was was just, I, I had to go with it. I just had to go with it. And, well, and having made that... 4.44, I mean, that was a perfect timing to wake up. I'm certainly going to look onto my clock now in the morning when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk yeah. more about this because it's a fascinating story. And we will also talk more about how you and I can learn more to tap into uh, our intuition and also yeah. who as very interesting teachers and experts you met along your journey of making the film. So we will be right back. Choose the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each week on Transformation Talk Radio as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. 
Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. The Cornelia Stephanie Show is your catalyst for anchoring heaven on earth on a global scale. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our real house to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. In this day and age, if you don't reinvent yourself, you may never find balance, peace, and the sustainable life that is your birthright. Angela Watson Robertson, known as the Reinvention Warrior and the host of Breakthrough Radio Show Masters of Reinvention, is here to help you reinvent every area of your life. Tune in and hear from the best in the personal transformation business and discover tips and tools for positive change. Live every month on Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to Mainstream Metaphysics Radio to harness your connection with the universe to effect change for optimal success and happiness. Name one of the country's top psychics. Eve now brings her insights and gifts to this weekly hit call-in show, joined by visionaries, leaders, and gifted others, but mostly you. Jot it down. Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their hearts, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. I'm here with my special guest, Bill Bennett, who is a filmmaker from Australia who just released a new movie that is called PSG. The PGS. Oh, sorry. PGS, the Personal Guidance (laughs) System. (laughs) And uh, first of all, how can people see the movie? Well, right at the moment in America, the film is being distributed uh, by what's called theatrical on demand. I call them pop-up screenings. Mm. Um, the simplest way to to see the film is to host a screening. And to do that, it's best to go onto the film's website, pgsthemovie.com, and there are links there to show you how to host the movie. Um, what hosting the movie means is that um, um, you get a bunch of people together. Um, the distributor organizes the cinema. It's no cost 
to host the screening. It just requires a bit of effort to um, to get enough people into the cinema to pre-buy tickets to make the screening economically viable. Mm, wonderful. So how many people do you need to get minimum? Well, um, say on a 100-seat cinema, it, would, it, it works out between 50 and 60, something like that. Each cinema is a little bit different, but um, but normally people who have um, you know a bit of a community, you know, like we had a screening last night here in Australia. I've just come back from Cannes, as you said, but and last week I was in America. Um, we've been having screenings all across America, but last night I came back for a screening in Australia. Um, a yoga group, a yoga club, organised a screening. They had 170 people there. You know, what's so, the feedback you get from the movie? How do people feel touched or inspired by it? Oh, Friedman, the, the, this has been the most incredible thing for me because really I'm, I kind of made the movie for myself, you know, to satisfy the, this curiosity about what the voice was. But what I've been finding is the response to the film has just been absolutely incredible. People are coming up to me at the end of the screening and saying, this film is going to change my life. I had one young man come up and, and he told me, it was a bit skittish, but he told me that he had been considering taking his own life before he saw the film. His intuition brought him to the film and he said that now, having seen the film, um, that, that now was not an issue. I mean, that, that touched me incredibly. Yeah. Absolutely. What a wonderful story. Now, the film is about intuition, but I think at the beginning, when you started the film, for 45, uh, you didn't really know how to go about it. You knew you were blessed, you were supported, everything was somehow saying this is a green light, but did you really know how you're going to do this movie or how did this unfold? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, as you've said, I'm an experienced filmmaker and I know how to put a movie together. But when I, when I read what that 444 meant, um, what I decided to do was I realized that my old ways of doing things hadn't worked and the only way to make a film on intuition was to make it intuitively. And so after reading you know, the stuff about 444, I went back to sleep. I woke up again about nine o'clock or whatever. First thing I did is I called up my travel agent. I said, get me tickets to India. I'm going to start to shoot there. Then I went out and I bought a camera and I bought some sound gear and some lighting gear. Um, I'm a director, but, you know, I'm not a cameraman. I'm not a lighting guy, but, um, I, you know, I schooled myself. And I decided that uh, I would do as my dream had told me to do, I would just start to shoot it myself. And then what happened was the most extraordinary thing happened, Friedman. Um, investment started to come in. Um, without my even asking, people were curious about what I was doing. They wanted to support me. Um, I, um, I didn't know who to interview, But what happened was I started in India. I went to the um, Yoga Institute in Bombay. I interviewed the director there. She then led me to somebody else and suggested I speak to somebody else, uh, uh, Swami. That person then suggested somebody else. And, and the whole thing then just started to snowball. And basically what happened was that I never had a list of people 
you know, to interview. But one person led to the other person, led to the other person and so forth. I followed my intuition. I followed my guidance. And I ended up with really the world's top experts on intuition. And it all just happened not through any design or planning on my part. I, I was just led to the people and they said yes. So who are those experts? Well, Carolyn Mace is probably, you know, the most um, known person. James Van Prague. Um, I've even got the Prince of Bhutan. In How the did film. you get to him? Once again, it was, was intuitive. I, um, I'd been speaking to a fellow in um, Los Angeles who was helping me with um, raising some money. And he called me up out of the blue one one day and he said, look, I've just come from a cocktail party at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I met the Prince of Bhutan. I told him about your film. I asked him on your behalf whether he would be interested in doing an interview and he said yes. And, and this bloke called me, you know, on the phone like this. And he said, do, do, you wanna, do you want to have an interview with the Prince of Bhutan? I said, bloody oath, mate, <laughs> as we say in Australia. And that's how it happened. It was really simple. And, and this is one of the things that I've discovered, Friedman, is that when you, are, when you are following guidance, there are no obstacles, there are no barriers. When I was trying to use my will force and my rational brain and you know, my ego and, and you know, persistence of personality and so forth, there were all sorts of barriers. You know, it just, that kind of rational, logical, will force um, process just didn't work, but intuition did. Now, when you interviewed those people, did you ask them always the same questions or did you say, hey, tell me something about intuition or how, what, how did you go about the interview? Well, what I did was this. I had three questions that I, that I had prepared. The first question was, what was that voice? <laughs> the second question was, where did it come from? And the third question was, why did it save my life? And I would ask those three questions to everybody. And after that, I would just let the conversation go. And I mean, you know, from a journalistic background, I'm an experienced interviewer. Um, I've done, you know, I was 12 years of training at the ABC. So what I did is I just let the conversation go and I never had any prepared questions. Um, and what that allowed me to do was it allowed, and, and normally the interview went for at least an hour. So, you know, so I would talk to people in a very conversational way and just follow up. Luckily, I mean, I, I, I had in the intervening period, I'd spent about 12 years researching and studying intuition from all aspects. I, I wanted to look at intuition from three perspectives, from the perspective of science, religion, and spirituality. And so my research covered those three fields. And so I had enough knowledge basically to ask the right questions. Um, and what resulted was I ended, up, I ended up doing interviews with 76 people mm. over a three-year period. I shot for three years all around the world. I interviewed 76 people. In the film, there's only 26, so 50 people hit the cutting room floor. <laughs> I, um, I shot over 120 hours of material, which cut down to an 83-minute film. So in the, uh, I guess what I'm saying is that I learned so much from all the people that I interviewed 
not only the people that are actually in the movie itself, but of all the other people that I interviewed over that period of time. So I was in this very privileged position to be able to speak to extraordinary people. You know, I've, I've interviewed essentially the, the Hindu equivalent of the Dalai Lama, a, um, a person regarded as a living saint in India. Um, Dean Radin, who is um, probably the world's leading research scientist into human consciousness. Um, really quite extraordinary people. I learned from every one of them. So I'm pretty sure that you got different answers from everyone. Or did you see clear overlaps between the scientist, the Hindu saint, and the Prince of Bhutan? I mean, where did you see the common ground? Well, it's interesting. There was commonality really between everybody. And what I discovered with all of the people that I interviewed, even the ones that didn't make the cut, was that they were all saying essentially the same thing, but they were just putting it in their own particular parlance, in their own particular language, um, according to their their particular worldview. But, um, you know, the scientists would couch it in in language which could be interpreted by a spiritualist as you know being being the same the same kind of concepts that they were dealing with. Um, what I came to what I came to realize, and this was I didn't read this anywhere. No one told me this, but I came to realize that intuition can be um, broken down into three categories: what I call survival intuition, cognitive intuition and mystical intuition. Survival intuition is about survival of the species, and it is intuition that comes from the body. Cognitive intuition is about retrieving expert knowledge, uh, often forgotten knowledge. You don't even know you've got that knowledge, but you're able to retrieve it, but it's based on your own particular expert knowledge of whatever field you're in. Mm. Mystical intuition, uh, and sorry, cognitive intuition comes from the mind. So survival intuition comes from the body. Cognitive intuition comes from the mind. And then you've got mystical intuition, which comes from the soul. And mystical intuition has no basis in rational thinking, logic, expertise, uh, anything like that. My definition for intuition, for mystical intuition, is this. It's a sudden, unexplained insight that comes unaided by logic, intellect, or expertise. So that explains, if you put that definition to the voice that I heard in the car, that explains that voice. It was sudden. It was an insight. It came to me. I didn't go out and search for it. It came to me um, unaided by logic. There was no logic to it. Um, intellect, there was no intellect attached to that voice coming in. Nothing to do with expertise. You know, it's not like I you know, I had had any particular expertise that would allow me to bring that voice to me. Like a previous experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So that's mystical intuition. Mystical intuition, as I say, comes from the soul. And that's what my film explores. It explores mystical intuition, which is a connection to a divine source of information. And it comes down to it, what I've, what I've come to believe is this, is that intuition in its simplest form is a messaging service. Intuition sends us messages, and it can present as a gut feeling, a sense of knowing, you know, a heart message, um, 
It can present in coincidence, dreams, synchronicities, deja vu, even a sense of touch. There's a wonderful story that I picked up about this um, young girl. She was I'll coming hold back. That thought. We're going to just go quickly on a break. I love okay. <laughs> the story to look forward to after the break. It's a good story. And we'll be right back. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Winning at the game of money. Lynn Brown is now offering Full Spectrum Finance, a progressive 12-month program that will help you to navigate through the mechanics of financial expansion. Finally, a financial planner who looks at the full spectrum of money and abundance, engage you in the mental, physical, and energetic aspects of finance. This is Full Spectrum Finance. Are you ready to get into it? For more information, go to fullspectrumfinance.com. And we are back with Bill Bennett, who just started talking about a story that, uh, I don't know, maybe also in his film, the personal guidance system, BGS, which we have talked about. So tell us about this story, 
about the mystical intuition? Well, it's interesting because mystical intuition presents in a whole bunch of different ways. You know, as I said, it, it presents as dreams, synchronicities, um, deja vu. But it can also present in a very physical way. People sometimes talk about having, a, you know, a hand, feeling a hand on their shoulder or, um, you know, a, a tactile kind of sensation. I've heard a couple of stories now of people who've been standing at curbsides about to step off the curb onto a street, feeling a hand pull them back, and then a car rushes past. And had they stepped off the curb at that moment, the car would have hit them and would have killed them. And they look around for who it was who'd put their hand around you know, on, their, on their shoulder. There's no one there. Um, but this particular story that I was going to tell you was that, um, and this came out of research, um, this young woman, a student, college student, was coming back late into her, is it sorority house? Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Yes. So she's coming back. She was coming down a corridor. Um, it was late at night and it was the corridor was dark and at the end of the corridor was this door that uh, led into the, the house. As she came down this corridor, she felt this kind of resistance, kind of, kind of like somebody sort of, almost physically pulling her back and and she kind of you know stopped and looked around because there was nothing nobody there she went up to the door and she reached for the doorknob to open up the door and she felt once again this hand sort of pull her back and she hesitated and couldn't understand what was happening and she then opened up the door and the door opened up into the interior of the house and into the lounge room, wherever it was. And walking away from her was this man holding a club with blood dripping from it. Now, the man was Ted Bundy, and he had just killed her two friends upstairs. Had had she not had these two moments of physical intervention, she would have opened up the door pretty much head-on into him, and she would have been killed. Wow. So it was. So it was her testimony that, in part, led to um, Ted Bundy being convicted. That is, she, she, was, she was not. A, she was not a religious person, and she wasn't. Um, um, you know, she no, in no way was. She, you know, she believed in angels or anything like that. But what happened to her um, materially changed her view. And she firmly believes that it it was some kind of angelic intervention that prevented her from being killed. So how do you distinguish? Because couldn't it be also the survival intuition that got her away from the door? Or is it because it felt more like something from the outside pulling her back and not her body? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, for instance, you see, one of the things about survival and intuition is that it's a very animalistic, primitive kind of, um, you know, it's closer to instinct than it is perhaps to intuition. Because survival intuition being animalistic, it's all about heightened senses, um, often outside of your normal sphere of perception. So, you know, so your sense of smell can become heightened to a point where you're not even realizing it. Um, your sense of hearing or sight, you know, you might, I mean, in, in that instance, for instance, if it had been survival intuition, she might have heard strange footsteps, not even been aware of it, but her, her hearing might have been heightened to a point where 
you know, she heard footfalls that of a man where a man should not have been in the house at that time, something like that. But it wasn't. It was a physical, a physical intervention that held her back and 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 caused her sufficient uh, for her then to open up the door late enough for her to be saved. Hmm. So. So there's a there's a bit of a distinction there between what I th- believe is mystical intuition and survival intuition. I love the distinction. I'm wondering, when I was uh, in my 30s, I was in Georgia, and uh, we rented a little hut in the mountains or in the woods, and uh, I just went uh, to bed barefoot, and something told me to stop right where I am and not put my foot down. And, uh, well, thank God I listened because there was a scorpion I would have stepped on right in that moment. <laughs> and uh, so it may have been also that kind of um, mystical intuition. It may have been that maybe my heightened sense could see in the dark and uh, was aware of that little creature down there. But either way, maybe we don't always have to know the difference and uh, just uh, can listen anyhow. But that is the big question. How can we learn to listen? How can we, and I believe you have certain steps that uh, you have been describing in the movie. What do we do to be more open to our intuition? Because as you mentioned, you know, the cognitive mind, the will is often overriding everything, knows better, goes to logic. This is, you know, ridiculous. This is what our parents told us is ridiculous. You know, this doesn't make sense. And Maybe if we wouldn't have heard those stories of how ridiculous our feelings are, we would be more intuitive. But what would you suggest for the listeners to become more intuitive or more in tune with their intuition again? Look, um, the film does detail five steps. Uh, Those steps are stop, listen, ask, trust, and follow. I'll go through these. Stop. First off, if you want to hear a voice, you can't hear a voice when there's so much noise around. And we create the noise. You know, we, we, uh, our lives are so noisy at the moment. We've got social media, we've got, you know, smartphones, cell phones. We've got, you know, all the busyness of our lives. And it's really hard for us to find time each day to stop, to allow that whispered voice to be heard. And so finding time each day to stop, it doesn't necessarily need to be uh, meditation, it can be, but for instance, I think spending, I mean, I, I get I get a good deal of my intuition while I'm in the shower, you know, because, um, you know, I'm in this closed cubicle, I don't have any, I don't have a cell phone, I haven't yet figured out how to waterproof it, <laughs> um, I... Um, you know, you're there. It's warm. You've got the feeling of the of the water, you know, splashing on you, all that sort of thing. Um, being in the shower is a time when I my intuition really kicks in. But it can be a walk on 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 the beach. It can be a walk in the woods. It can just be sitting down listening to music. But but it's uh, but if you want to, a first step to access your intuition is to stop because you need that space for it to come in. Um, Paying attention, 
treatment is really important because what, what I've come to understand is that intuition is pinging us all the time. It's trying to connect, us, connect with us all the time in a whole bunch of different ways. You know, it can be a gut feeling. It can be a sense of knowing. But it can also be a sign. You know, sometimes um, I've, I've experienced this where I've had a big dilemma and suddenly I've glanced across at the TV and somebody is saying something on the TV that is exactly what I needed to hear for me to trigger the response, you know, or the decision that I needed to make. So intuition presents in all of these different kind of ways. Now, you might say it's coincidence, but James Van Prague in my movie says coincidence is just God's way of staying anonymous. I love that. Coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. Wow. Um, but do you then say you cannot really um, believe in intuition if you don't believe in spirituality? No. I mean, for mystical intuition, I mean, cognitive intuition, for instance, pulling up, pulling up from um, expert knowledge, from it's a retrieval process. You know, it's a physical retrieval process. So that's one thing. Animalistic survival intuition is instinctive you know it is it is survived of the species mystical intuition um it certainly helps if you believe in a higher power but you don't necessarily need to believe in a religion or god or anything like that you just need to believe and trust that there are higher realms that are working with you and for you to send you messages number one to protect yourself You know, to keep you safe from harm because you can't hope to fulfill your purpose in this life if you're dead. Mm. You know, so, so intuition's first and primary function is to keep you alive so that you can fulfill the destiny path which you were born with. Now, that's why that voice kicked in with me. It saved my life. And I do believe that it saved my life so that I could make the film. Now, did uh, the scientists agree with that notion of mystical intuition or how did they phrase it? Because you said it was well, differently. Yeah, well, look, um, they talked about quantum entanglement. The, you see, um, this fellow Dean Radin, who's one of, as I say, is one of the world's leading experts on human consciousness, he's been studying this. He talks about what he calls retrocausality, our ability to be able to... Um, Let me go back one. We're now dealing with quantum mechanics and particle physics and on those theories. So you've got quantum entanglement. The notion that, um, that uh, you know, an atom over here on one side of the universe can materially affect the behavior of an atom on the other side of the universe. Right. Um, What he says in the film is this, and it just absolutely blew my mind when he said this. He said that the brain, it's been proven, is a quantum object. What that means is there's no time and space. So being no time and space, there's no physical boundaries. So he said part of your brain, neurons in your brain, can, can travel outside of your physical being, and they can go into the unified field of possible future events and they can sample because there's no no linear time in this quantum environment in you know in quantum mechanics and quantum theory there's no time so a neuron a brain cell can go out into this field of possible futures 
And it can sample a possible future of me being hit by a truck. It can, wow. it can, gra- it can grab that possibility, bring it back into a part of the brain which might be a part of the brain that triggers a fight or flight response. Um, and it can, what he says, it, it excites its neighbours and the surrounding brain cells up to a point where it becomes uh, a level of awareness that can manifest as a voice saying, hey, there's something bad happening up ahead. Shortly, slow down, be careful. What a um, fascinating concept. Well, look, I've got to say, Fima, when he, when he told me this, I was sitting behind the camera, right, and I was listening to this, and I was going, my God, I mean, this is just extraordinary. Because if, if, if this is proven to be correct, and, and he says that in theory, in theory, it's possible for this, this to happen. Then what he says is, is he, he uses the term retrocausality because what he says is that you can anticipate things happening in the future because the future doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. The future and the present and the past are all one. You know, so in this world of quantum mechanics, there's, there's no linear time anymore. So if you have the facility to be able to... Yeah. If you have the facility to be able to grab something from the future and bring it back, this explains things like clairvoyance mm. and deja vu, you know, things like that. I mean, it's amazing. Well, I think our minds are blown, so we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with this fascinating, fascinating conversation on intuition with Bill Bennett. Choose the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each week on Transformation Talk Radio as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. The Cornelia Stephanie Show is your catalyst for anchoring heaven on earth on a global scale. For more information, go to corneliastephanie.com. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. In this day and age, if you don't reinvent yourself, you may never find balance, peace, and the sustainable life that is your birthright. Angela Watson Robertson, known as the Reinvention Warrior and the host of Breakthrough Radio Show Masters of Reinvention, is here to help you reinvent every area of your life. 
Tune in and hear from the best in the personal transformation business and discover tips and tools for positive change. Live every month on Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to Mainstream Metaphysics Radio to harness your connection with the universe to affect change for optimal success and happiness. Name one of the country's top psychics. Eve now brings her insights and gifts to this weekly hit call-in show, joined by visionaries, leaders, and gifted others, but mostly you. Jot it down, Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their hearts, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking about intuition uh, with my special guest, Bill Bennett, who created the film, uh, Personal Guidance System, PGS, which is out on special screening events. So again, you go to pgsthemovie.com. Mm -hmm. pgsthemovie.com, yeah. To find out more information on how you can gather a group of friends and uh, like-minded, open-minded, interested people to learn more about this fascinating topic, intuition. Now, you talked about the steps. So we were at stop and listen. And what's mm -hmm. number three? Ask. Um, sometimes you have to ask. For instance, the story I told before about um, how I was in a dilemma about the movie, I went to bed asking for guidance, and that guidance came in the form of a dream. So there are times when you face dilemmas and you, and you have to ask. One of the things that I now do is if I have a problem and I want my guidance to you know, give me advice on that problem, before I go to bed, I, I ask for help. And then when I wake up in the morning, the very first thing – At, at that point where I've just woken up, before my logical, rational brain has kind of settled back into my body, the answer is invariably there. It's not always the answer that I, that I want. It's not always the answer that's easy. But, but the answer is there, and it's come through. It, it's come through probably my astral traveling, you know, out my, you know, my soul going out somewhere else during the night mm -hmm. and getting, getting the answer. And it comes back and the answer is there. And then what happens is then my, I, I wake up and my rational, logical brain looks at what this guidance has given me and goes, no, Bill, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, it's gonna, you know that's, that's dangerous. That's risky. That's going to cost a lot of money. That's going to lead you to nowhere. And then this tussle happens right. you know, between, between what my guidance has told me and what my rational brain now fully woken up is looking at it you know, in, the, in the cold, clear light of the morning. And on those occasions when I have gone with the intuitive answer, 
things have worked out. And those occasions when I've gone with the cold, rational thinking, things haven't worked out. And sometimes cost me a lot of money or, you know, I've gone into bad relationships with people or, you know, whatever it is. But you're not saying that the intellectual mind is all completely obsolete. We should never listen to logic. No, I'm not. Because what I think, what I think, here's what I think. I think, um, I think for us to, to fully work as, as human beings, we need to use both. I think if we can get to a point where we trust guidance and what guidance is going to do is it's going to take us into new territory. It's going to take us into an expansive mode. It's going to bring us fresh ideas and originality and creativity and so forth. But then we need to be able to manifest that in some form. And that's where our logic and intellect and rational thinking kicks in. So what our intuitive side of us does is it, it grabs those new thoughts, those fresh ideas, that, you know, that creativity. And then it brings it back into our intellect. And our intellect then goes, okay, I dig this. You know, let's work out a way now that we can actually bring this into form, you uh -huh. know, bring this into, you know, some kind of material form. So the intuition um, is like the, the blueprint bringer or the architect and the construction worker is the intellectual mind. So exactly. That's, okay. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. You see... Um, in New Age thinking, a lot of spiritual books and stuff like that, you know, it's really quite fashionable to say that the ego is a bad thing. Oh, I don't think the ego is bad. I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think either. the ego. No, I don't agree with that. I think. I think. I think we are defined by our ego, and where it becomes a problem is if our ego overrides, um, you know, what what. Uh, Paul Selig, who's in my movie, is a wonderful New York channel. He calls the ego the small self, and, and the small self can be a real bully boy. You know, it can be a real, um, you know, can you know believe that it runs the show, but it doesn't. You know, if we allow our intuition to guide us and then work in a, in a very kind of um, um, communicative way, with our ego, then that's the best of both worlds because we need our ego. We need our ego and our personality to define our service to the divine, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. Because that, that, is, that, is, that is what makes us unique as human beings. Our ego is what makes us unique and what defines, defines our particular way that we give service. So we need our ego, we, but, but it needs to be operating in check and it needs us our ego i think that's often overlooked that the ego shouldn't be ignored or pushed aside but it should be attended to to actually come to its fullest beautifulest most beautiful form and uh, I think so now mm. before we run out of time the next two steps are what so there is stop. well the next two the next two steps uh it goes stop listen ask And then the next two steps are the most important, trust and follow. Mm. Um, we, we've got to trust our intuition. That's a big one. It's a really hard one, particularly for men, you know, because men are so, um, well, you know, like I've been, you know, uh, will force-based, survival, um, control. One of, one of the biggest barriers and inhibitions to intuition is fear. Fear and control are the two big problems. We've got to let go of that. We've got to trust. And then you can go through all of those processes, the stop, 
listen, ask, trust. If you don't follow through and then act on it, the whole thing's just been a waste of time. It's just been an intellectual exercise. So the last one is follow. We've got to follow through and we've got to act on those uh, on what's been delivered to us from those four previous steps. I mean, following through is fairly easy when you trust. So I guess the lynch point is trusting. So how do you build trust in your intuition? The best way to build trust in your intuition is to um, is to do small things. So uh, I use it as a game. One of the games that I play is parking. Like I will walk, I will drive into a parking lot on Saturday morning in a big crowded mall. And there's no parking at all, and I will say to my PGS, my intuitive system, right, Bill, find the perfect park. And so what I'll do is I'll kind of like almost like take my hands off the steering wheel and allow the car to kind of guide itself. And it'll, it'll you know, turn left and right and then, you know, go down, you know, this, this little lane, you know, whatever, you know, laneway thing. There's no cars at all. And then suddenly a car will pull out right in front of me, allowing me the perfect space and no other car can get it other than me. And it will be right opposite the front door of the big department store or the grocery shop or wherever it is I want to go. And that happens time and time again. And so what happens is if, if you begin to trust your intuition on small things, when the big decisions come up, you have gained that trust, you know how intuition works, and you can then start to use it on the big decisions like, should I go into that business um, relationship? You know, should I move state and take up a new job? Should I you know, commit to this relationship with this other person and so forth. So you start with the small things and build up this trust over a period of time, see how it works, and then when the big decisions come, you're then able to use your intuition to its full benefit. Now, when it comes to GPS of my car, it has sometimes led me astray and certainly wasn't so super accurate. So when you are practicing parking as a way to trust your intuition, have you ever experienced that there was no parking spot opening up and then does that undermine your trust or is it just a matter of patience? Um, what I would say is this, is that a GPS device in a car is a product of engineering and rational thought. It's fallible. Your PGS is a product of a connection with the divine, and the divine is infallible. Now, that's not to say that you aren't tested, you know, that, that, that I do believe that source, the creator, God, whatever name you want to put on it, will test you and will, you know, and will constantly test your, the purity of your intent, if you like. And so there are challenges. It's not all just, you know, um, a straight line, a straight line from point A to point B. You're going to be tested constantly. Um, and so, yeah, when, when that happens, I go, all right. But one of the things that I've, I've come to realize is this, is that what we're talking about is we're talking about an alignment of energy within ourselves with the energy of the divine. And when you are in alignment, those things happen. They do open up. Um, and when you're out of alignment, then things become more difficult. And then you've got to go into some kind of, practice um, to recalibrate yourself and recalibrate your energetic alignment. Hmm. And, and that practice you, might be meditation or it might be um, 
you know, some, um, you know, some reading or particular literature that means something to you and whatever. Well, it's a fascinating conversation because it also brings in free will because, mm -hmm. you know, PGS doesn't mean that you are basically a puppet on the string who better acts the way the master is supposed to or sees you as supposed to acting. So there is always that free will to choose, to be in alignment, to be not in alignment, to follow, to not follow. Have you ever felt like, yeah, if I not follow this intuitive fit, Are there others coming? Do they always get me to the same place? Or are there other possibilities, other options for me to, to move through life? There's a multitude of options. Um, and free will and choice is, um, is, is, of course, available to absolutely everybody. Um, And as I said before, it's not a straight line and you're, and you're not a, a puppet on, you know, um, any kind of string like that. What I do believe is this. I, I believe that we are born into this life with a purpose, with a plan, with a blueprint. And it's up to us then to decide through free will and choice as to whether or not we're going to follow that. Where intuition fits into all of this is intuition is, as I said before, a messaging service that's pinging us, trying to remind us of what our blueprint is, what our destiny path is. And it's trying to keep us on that. But we are, we're human. We do have free will. We do have choice. We're, you know, um, control, survival, all of these things are very important factors in in anybody's life. But intuition tries to keep us on track, on our purpose, on our path. And one of the reasons why I believe there's so much unhappiness in the world, why I believe there's so much violence, drug use, um, obesity, all of these things is because we're out of alignment. We've shifted off our destiny path. And if we were to have greater access to our intuition and follow that You see, what that destiny path is meant to do is to take us to the full expression of who we're really meant to be. Now, I don't believe we're meant to be fat, lazy people who, you know, bash up their wives and, you know, get absolutely zonked out on opioids. Is that what they call it, opioids? Right, right, yes. Yeah, that, I, don't believe that's, I don't believe that that's our natural destiny path. I believe it's something better than that. Well, I believe that a lot of the anxiety that we are feeling comes from not being in alignment with our path. And that anxiety is not necessarily a sign that there is something wrong, but that we are on the wrong track. And that, you know, I personally had this experience when I was in medicine that the anxiety was guiding me to realize this is not your right choice. This is not where you want to end up. And so in that regard, I can imagine intuition gets, you know, support from the anxiety that tells you when you're off and maybe gives you relief when you're on. I think it's interesting that we have both chosen to leave medicine and both are now grateful for our intuition to live, you know, a much more purposeful, for us, more purposeful life and, and that our intuition ultimately brought us together to this fascinating conversation. So. 
Thank you so much for taking the time, despite the lack of sleep. I I hope all the listeners will uh, really uh, check out this movie, The Personal Guidance System, PGS. Go to the pgsthemovie.com. You find out how you can get a screening of that movie. It will be also on demand, I believe, in the future. Yeah, uh, towards the end of the year, we'll be putting it out online as well. Yeah. That's really wonderful news. So. Thank you again, Bill. Is there any personal message that you want to leave the listeners with? I'd like to leave the listeners just with this one thought, and that is um, something that came up during the making of the movie, and that is first thought, best thought. Your first thought is your intuitive thought. That's your best thought. Your second thought is your rational, common sense, uh, peer-driven thought, and that's the one that is often fear-based. Um, your intuitive thought is going to lead you to greater things. Your second thought is going to keep you in the past. So first thought, best thought. Have a think about that. Thank you. Well, my first thought is thank you very much. It was a great conversation and I wish you all the very best. Until next time on Empowerment Radio, this is a wonderful time again. Take good care. Bye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Join Dr. Friedemann the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit the fearandanxietysolution.com.